talking out of Romans 8. So it's a video song that, uh, vi that Bill's going to play for us. Do you feel the world is broken? We do.
for those of uh, yeah, the the song there. Some of you have heard it before. Some of you haven't. But it's a song that basically starts out saying, "Do you feel the world is broken?" You know, what a great question <laughs> to to uh, to resonate with. And so Andrew Peterson sings this whole song. And in that video, what I love about it is it starts off with him by himself. And then little by little, more people are joining him. And at the end, everyone's holding up a candle, which to me represents that each one of us is a light in this world that represents Jesus. And that when we feel the world is broken, um, we can look to him. So that's why I wanted to share that song. I'm gonna share my screen now. I have a PowerPoint. And um, let's see if I can get it, the technology to work here. Uh, oh dear. Oh Lord, please help us. Seeing somebody's desktop now. That's great. Yeah. Rex. Um, Lord, we just pray, mm -hmm. Father, for all this technology mm -hmm. to work, Lord. We just pray, Father, that you would help us in this. We want to hear what Camille has prepared and shared in the way that she wanted to share it. And Lord, we just ask, Father, for you to have your way, Lord, here with us today. I can go ahead and give announcements. And I'm looking. Are Rebecca and Jonathan still in the meeting? Oh, there you are. I didn't I didn't see you at the second. It's their sixth anniversary. So happy anniversary today. Wow. Hey. Today. Today. Thank you. I remember six years ago we were in Roxborough celebrating and rejoicing, and we continue to celebrate and rejoice your marriage and the lives that you all live. It's, it's just exciting to see the Lord's plan unfold in you through you. So happy anniversary today. The other things we have this week, or the other thing we have this week, is prayer. And um, so if you can join us on Wednesday night. Oh, yay. You did it. God. Yay. <laughs> so those are the announcements for, for this week. And, and obviously, it, like Carla said, it is very evident that we need to continue praying. There are obstacles all around. So, Camille, we look forward to hearing what you have to share with us. Thank you. First of all, you can see my own great failings and um, under stress. I'm not the best, especially when it comes to technology. So, um, Mike, I apologize for being um, uh, short with you. Would you please forgive me? Okay. All right, um, and Randy, thank you for your help. You're All right, so um, the, the message that I had on my heart today is the big picture of hope um, out of Romans 8, 18 to 38. And um, I wanna share something about that scripture that I don't think that we often tend to pay attention to. So I hope that this will be um, a blessing to everybody. Um, so let me go down. 
Oh, first of all, this is the, <laughs> that's my little great niece. I thought that's a big hopeful thing is to see a baby come into the world. Um, when you uh, know that there's so many other thing, crazy things going on and, um, and a, a, a brand new little baby comes into the world. It's just so precious. So again, thank you for your prayers. Um, so I want to, this is, I'm going to start by just looking at part of this passage in Romans 8. So it says here that for I, this is what Paul was saying, writing to the people in the church. And um, he was trying to help them get a bigger picture of what was going on in the world. Because in, during that time, of course, the church uh, in the time of the Roman Empire was the, going through the same things that we are. There was uh, turmoil, there was rampant crime, there was ta oppression, uh, tax, uh, oppressive taxation, there was persecution, there was crucifixion. And Paul was trying to encourage them that there is a bigger picture, there's a future hope that we have to keep in mind um, even in the midst of our circumstances. So this is what he says to them. He says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. And this is a really key scripture here. It says, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Uh, if you look at the paraphrase version in the message, it puts it like this. That's why I don't think there's any comparison between the present hard times and the coming good times. The created world itself can hardly wait for what's coming next. Everything in creation is being more or less held back. God reigns it in until both creation and all the creatures are ready and can be released at the same moment into the glorious times ahead. Meanwhile, the joyful anticipation deepens. So Paul is telling them, you know what? Humans are not the only ones who are groaning about what's going on, but even the creation itself, the, the, the created world around us is actually also groaning because they know, the creation knows this isn't the way it was supposed to be. Um, and that there's a future glory coming that, is go that gives us the bigger hope in the midst of circumstances. And then Paul goes on to write that not only the creation groans, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved and hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees. But if we hope for what we don't see, we wait for it with patience. So the creation is groaning, we're groaning because we know that something better is coming. We're going to be fully adopted. We are already adopted in Christ, but we are then going to be fully adopted with new bodies. 
And then Paul goes on to say, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness, for we don't know what to pray for as we ought. But the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit, because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So there are three groanings here. It is the creation itself, human beings, and the spirit of God himself is groaning for the what's going on in the world today and for the future hope that is coming. So, and this is the way it says it in the message. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in us and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. So what I want to focus on this morning are the three groanings. And I'm just going to stop sharing the screen for a moment. The three groanings. And um, this is something that I never thought about before until recently, the three groanings mentioned in Romans 8. We often don't focus on that, but I think it's very important because there's a lot of groaning going on in the world today. Randy left us last Sunday and his final comment was, put your seatbelt on, there's a lot of turbulence ahead. Um, and he was talking in Ephesians about how we have to sit with Jesus, walk with Jesus, and stand with Jesus in a way that we can continue walking even in the midst of the turbulence. And so I was going to title this message today, Flying at 35,000 Feet, you know, because it's like when you, when I fly and you, you break out of the cloud cover and you're a 35,000 feet, you're on, you're over everything. You look out of the window and cars look like little toy, uh, little toys and people look like little, little, little bitty things. And you see the bigger picture. And Paul is saying that they, not only do we as humans uh, struggle to see the bigger picture and we're groaning over what's happening, but the spirit of God is groaning. And the creation itself is groaning because, as Greg preached a few weeks ago, in the beginning of the biblical story out of Genesis 3, once humans rebelled against God and said, no, we don't want your way, everything was broken. Creation was cursed. Relationships broke. Our, our intelligence was diminished. Our spirit died. And our will was damaged and broken and, and sin took over everything. And so the world that we know today is only a shadow of what it was supposed to be and only a shadow of what is to come. So Paul was writing to these believers and he was saying, don't, don't focus only on your circumstances because you'll lose the big picture at 35,000 feet. And if you don't stay, if you don't get above it and you're only in the middle of it, you will lose your hope. And he says, we can't afford to lose our hope because if we don't have any hope, how would the rest of the world have any hope? You know what usually happens when people, when things go really crazy, like with COVID and all the, the turmoil in governments and protests and all the things happening around the world is unredeemed humans they find somebody to blame. Mm -hmm. 
We saw that in the garden. The, one of the, the three first things that happened after Adam and Eve fell were shame, fear, and blame. Right now, people are very scared and they are, there's a lot of shame going on and there's a lot of blame going on because people don't know what else to do except find somebody to blame. It's something or somebody to blame for the problem. But God's way is no, don't find somebody to blame look to somebody for hope look to me for hope because this is not the only uh the the bigger picture you know there's um there is just so much groaning going on right now around the world it's not limited to our country people are groaning in china people are groaning in russia people are groaning in peru and in taiwan across the world people are have buried their loved ones they have lost jobs People don't have enough food to eat. Even in our own country, we see people lined up for miles to get a food box um, so that they have something to eat. People, small businesses have disappeared. People don't know how they're going to make their bills. It's humbling. It's scary. It's, uh, it's disconcerting. There's, there's groaning. And this message out of Romans 8 is all about the groaning. And so I want to um, I want to just unpack this a little bit this morning. This this the three groanings going on in Romans chapter eight. So I'll share my screen again, and um, we'll continue. So the three groanings: the creation groans together with us, knowing that this is not the 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 way it was supposed to be. Um, humans, we groan inwardly. And the spirit of God intercedes for us in groanings. Now let's take a look. The Greek word for groaning is stenazo, which means to sigh or moan or groan. It means to groan within oneself. It means to express grief, anger, or desire. It's a feeling that is internal and often unexpressed because it's so deep we don't know how to put words to it. Have you ever felt something so deep that you didn't know how to talk about it because it hurt so much? It, it was so painful. I mean, right now, I'm sure that this is how Penny is feeling. She's groaning. She's sighing uh, for her brother because he's suffering. Um, I was groaning this week for the safe delivery of my great niece, realizing that in many parts of the world, she wouldn't have made it. There wouldn't have been the, the medical care that could have saved, that could have helped save her life. Um, I, I found myself laying face down on the floor this week, crying out for her. And you know, I, I had an epiphany. Yeah. I had an epiphany. And that was, it's been a long time since I laid flat down on the floor before the Lord. And I thought, I need to do more of this. I need to do more of this. I need to be on my knees. I need to be flat down on the floor before the Lord, not just comfortably sitting in my lazy boy with my cup of coffee. Um, I, I need to, there are times when we need to literally just get into that place where we're groaning, we're interceding, and it is beyond just our mind. And um, the Hebrew word for groan is anak, which means to sigh or to groan or to gasp. And there are many examples in scripture of people who were 
uh, in Anach or who were in Stenazo. I want to share one with you. You'll be familiar with this. This is in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 1 to 20. It's the story of Hannah. And we're not going to read the whole passage there, but you know, for those of you that know the story, some of you might not, but there was a woman in the Old Testament, and she had a husband named Elkanah, and he had two wives. This often happened in the Old Testament. One wife could have children, and one wife couldn't. And Hannah was the wife that couldn't have children. And the other wife made fun of her and provoked her because it was a shameful thing not to be able to have children. And in Hannah's story, she, she went to the temple and, and the priest was there and, and Hannah was, was bitterly, she, she was distressed in her spirit. And the Bible says she was just deeply distressed and she prayed to the Lord and she wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and she said, oh, Lord of hosts, if you will look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but give to your servant a son, I will give him to you, Lord. And all the days of his life, I will give him to you and no razor shall touch his head. And it says that as she was praying before the Lord, the priest Eli observed her mouth and Hannah was speaking in her heart. And only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. And Eli thought she was drunk. And he said to her, how long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. And Hannah answered, no, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. And you know, the end of the story is the Lord heard her prayer and gave her a son. Her son was named Samuel and she committed Samuel into the service of the Lord and Samuel became a prophet to the people of Israel. But Hannah had moved into a place of deep intercession. She was troubled in spirit and she was groaning before the Lord. Hannah is not alone. There are many people who groaned in the scriptures, and I just listed a few of them here, and they groaned for different reasons. Job groaned because of his deep personal suffering. He was suffering with a physical disease. He was in pain. Um, he was, uh, had lost all of his uh, children. He had lost, he, he lost uh, he had lost all of his property, so he'd lost his, he'd lost his livelihood, he'd lost his loved ones, and he was sitting in an ash heap scraping sores. He was, he was groaning over his suffering. David was broken over his deep sinfulness. Nehemiah was interceding for his nation. Esther was interceding for her people, for their survival, that they wouldn't be eliminated in a genocide. Moses was broken over the sins of his people. Solomon was interceding for foreigners that they would come to the temple and come to know the God of Israel. Isaiah lamented over Jerusalem and the deep sinfulness in the city. Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet. He often was lamenting and, and groaning. Jesus wept in the garden of Gethsemane. And when he said, Lord, if only you would take this cup from me. But Lord, not my will, but your will. And Paul was interceding for the body of Christ. There are so many examples in scripture where 
the people of God were in a deep place of intercession, a deep place of groaning. This is way beyond a bless me prayer. This isn't like, oh, Lord, and there are, there are times for that. Lord, bless this, and Lord, thank you for the day, and Lord, I look to you for leadership. But this is a deeper place of prayer that we often don't get into because we feel so undone. And often we don't know how to pray. We really don't know how to pray. We aren't any words sometimes for what we're feeling. And, and I, I just pulled out this quote here. Um, I was reading a, a Jewish blog during this week and one of the, it was a, it was a, a Jewish um, rabbi and he, and he quoted Longfellow and it said, every man has his secret sorrows, which the world knows not. And oftentimes we call a man cold when he is only sad. And then here's a famous quote by C.S. Lewis, which I have uh, thought about so many times. C.S. Lewis famously said, God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks in our conscience, but he shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. You know, my friends, right now, COVID, COVID is a megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Um, I, I've stopped trying to figure it out. There are so many different opinions. You know, it's from the devil. It's from God. It's this, who, this, where it came from. Folks, whatever the source, whatever is, is going on, the Lord is using it. It is his megaphone to wake up a deaf world that thinks they have no need for God. God whispers in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but he shouts in our pains. And I don't know how many of you, I'm sure most of you can relate to this. I have experienced God's megaphone and in the deep places of pain. And as I've drawn close to him, I have experienced him in places that are beyond words. So um, let me just stop sharing for a second. So this is the play. These are the places where God is saying, come to me. Bring your deep griefs, your sorrows, and bring them to me. Because even when you don't know how to pray, I will help you pray. This is why the Lord has given us a prayer language many times. Sometimes when I have no idea to pray, there are no English words to capture it. I can't get it out. I pray in my prayer language. Uh, sometimes I pray in German because there are words in German that capture how I feel better than English. There are times when we just have to literally just say, Lord, take over, take over and pray your prayers through me because I don't have anything else to say. I don't, I can't get it out. It's those places where we weep. I'll never forget, I was at a Christian retreat uh, for a week and it was on a, a kind of more like a, an inner healing kind of retreat which I always never liked those you know um, I just, <laughs> it's always too 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 personal and too provoking but anyway this was called one of those it was a Rafa retreat and in the middle of the week we were invited to to go and seek the Lord and say you know Lord is there anybody I need to forgive and so I went off by myself and I said Lord do I anybody I need to forgive I think I'm really good you know and the Lord said to me so clearly, he said, Camille, you need to forgive your father for not being there for you emotionally as you were growing up. And immediately I knew it was true. 
So that night we were gathered together for worship and, and, and there was no, the worship team was at the back of the room so that no, so you could look at nothing but the cross. There was a big wooden cross at the front of the room and nobody else was up there. The worship was behind us. And, and we were invited to go to the, to the altar if we wanted to. And I knew I was supposed to go and I was hesitating and somebody else went and I went and I got down on my knees and I said, I started to pray. I said, Lord, I forgive my father. And the next thing I knew, and I don't even know how this happened because it only happened to me once in my lifetime. The next thing I knew, I heard this wailing and I was flat on my face. I don't know how I got there. I was flat on my face and there was wailing. And I thought, who is that? And it was me. And I cried for two solid hours. And when I got up, nobody else was in the room. They left me alone. They had left me alone to deal with God. And at the end, I had completely forgiven my father. My father, the Lord did such a transaction in my heart. And when my father took his life years later, I was not angry at my father. And I never struggled with, I didn't struggle with forgiveness because I had already, the Lord had dealt with my heart. I had an empathy for my father. And I knew that he suffered deeply mentally. And so there was a transaction that took place in my soul that night at that retreat center, me and God. And this is the place the Lord calls us to so many times. Um, so I want to just, I'm going to share again. I want to just share with us a little bit more out of Hebrew, out of the, this passage in um, Romans and also in Hebrews. Um, so in, uh, in Hebrews 12, it says three main things to us. It says, Jesus is the founder and perfecter of our faith. Don't grow weary and his kingdom cannot be shaken. And um, we, I want, one of the things I want to encourage us is that we do not groan alone and we do not travail as those without hope. Um, it says that in Hebrews, it says, at that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is, things that have been made in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Right now, we're being shaken. COVID, um, turmoil. Uh, divisions, anger, um, deep passions, deep divisions. We are being shaken, but we are being shaken so that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. So then, so then the author of Hebrews says, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. So the kingdom of God, we have to remember, it has come. It came with Jesus. It is coming right now through us, through the people of God. And it will come in the future when Jesus returns. And this is our glorious future hope. And it says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who didn't spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? 
Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised and who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. This is back in uh, Romans. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And you can put, make, you write your own list. Shall COVID, uh, divisions, persecution, not having a job, nakedness, not having any food, uh, shall danger or sword or protests, shall these things separate us from the love of Christ? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, writes Paul. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure, this is Paul. This is Paul talking in the midst of the Roman Empire. They were killing Christians. That were um, brutally taxing them. There was terrible oppression. There was political turmoil. There was intrigue. Uh, he says, no. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure, I am confident that neither death nor life, nor angels or rulers or things present or things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are more than conquerors. We are the body of Christ. We must fly at 35,000 feet so that we keep our hope in God. One of my favorite pictures when I fly, and I, I do love to fly and I have missed it, but when I'm on a night flight and I, my favorite time of a night flight, which are hard on me because I can't sleep, is when I start to see the dawn and it's deep purple and little bright pinks. And I know the sun is coming, the sun is rising. And I often quote this scripture, Proverbs 4:18. The path of the righteous is like the dawn, the light of dawn. It shines brighter and brighter until the full day. Don't lose your hope, no matter what's going on. Don't forget that the people of God are supposed to be like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until the full day. Stay above the circumstances, hold on to God's perspective, and stay engaged in prayer. These three things, when I say fly at 35,000 feet, I don't mean disengage. I mean stay above the circumstances, hold on to God's perspective, but stay engaged, continue to groan, intercede, pray. And stay engaged in the kingdom work of God because it will pay off. So I, I'd like to just ask you today, where, where are the areas where you're groaning right now? Where are you groaning? Are you groaning? I've been groaning. I'm groaning for my, our nation. I'm groaning for other nations that are suffering even more than we are. I'm groaning. I was groaning for my family and I continue to groan for my family. I, I am groaning about my own personal sinfulness and the places where I fall terribly short, the places where I'm embarrassed by my behavior. I'm groaning over those things too. There are a lot of areas where I'm groaning. Where are you groaning right now? Where are you groaning? 
I want us to remember all of creation and the spirit of God himself is groaning with you. We are not alone. We are not alone. We are not alone. We are a people, we are the people of God, and there is, a there is a covenant we have with God that began with Abraham and extends to today. And in that covenant, we stand firm, we stand secure, we have promises. So I'd like you to just, I'd like us to just uh, open up our, our videos and our microphones. Um, this is the word the Lord laid on my heart. Uh, this morning, um, and um, I, I, I want to just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, how he would lead us now in just processing uh, what he has, what he had to share with us this morning. Uh, if you don't want to open your, your video, that's fine. I just would like to invite, or you can unmute yourself, but um, um, is there anyone that would have something that you would like to share? Um, something the Lord has spoken to you this morning, a place of groaning that you might like to share, uh, that we might pray with you. Anything in particular that you would like to share? Neil, I just want to say thank you for that. It was timely and, and just you did a wonderful job in sharing that. And I definitely identify with groanings right now. Definitely. And um, um, when there is no words, I mean, I, I identify with that. And um, one thing God's showing me that um, tearful, tearfulness does not mean lack of faith. That's and right. That's, that's a hard one to learn, but I've, I've really been in that place where just groaning and groaning and not having words and exactly what you're talking about. And then just realizing that doesn't mean my hope is gone. That, that doesn't mean it's hopelessness, but it's a trust in a different way. You know, it's um, realizing that even if we don't get what we want, God's, God's got it, <laughs> you know? Um, but thank you for sharing, Camille. I really, really identify and appreciate it. Thank you, Penny. Neil, I was thinking as you were uh, speaking that there's a distinction between a difference between groaning and grumbling. <laughs> groaning is a place of humility that, that's mm -hmm. really searching for the presence of God in the situation, mm -hmm. whereas grumbling is just being dissatisfied with it. <laughs> So thank you for the message. It's, um, I think we're all in a place of groaning on different levels and um, may the Lord humble us to receive from him in that. Your message last week, Randy, tied so much into this, that of sitting, mm -hmm. walking and standing with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't help but think back on some times in my life that I too just face down groaning before the Lord for different things. And yet in retrospect, 
the Lord really met me at those places of groaning in a real intimate way, just like you shared how, you know, God spoke to you about forgiving your father. You know, they were very hard places, but yet God met me. And now I look back on that and see it was just a real place of healing or a real place of breakthrough. So even though they're very hard sometimes, that's where God wants us to be, to meet us. And, you know, also, I don't think it's only personally, but I think God deals with groups of people like that as well. He deals with nations. He deals with families. He deals with tribes. He, it's, it's, it's individual and also can be very corporate. <clears throat> as we see, that's how we often the times where the people of Israel came to their senses was when there was um, judgment, when their times were very difficult. Um, Camille, I just wanted to say thank you for that message. And I, I just look around at everybody every Sunday. And when we hear a message that is from the Lord, I just think, you know, Lord, you've blessed us with so many precious people in our little, little fellowship, our little family. And he speaks so powerfully to us through, through all of you. And he wants to encourage us. We really I'm thankful for computers. I'm thankful for Zoom that we can stay connected during this difficult time and that we might encourage one another. And, and in, in the most dark and painful places of our life, the Lord is, he's more real yes. to me than, than the other times because I'm so desperate for him and I'm so focused on him. And then the joy in the, in the pain, the joy <laughs> in the pain from the presence of Jesus Mm -hmm. Is what gives us hope to go on. That, that often I'll tell my kids, there's God and there's people, and that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just to walk in his presence. And I love the message last week too, Randy. I just, I need to read that book. But thank you so much, all of you who share and, and pray and love and give. And I'm just, it's such a blessing to be part of this family. Mm -hmm. I feel that way too. And you know, Greg's message a few weeks ago, I lost track how many weeks ago, but it was one of the best messages I've, I've heard you give, Greg, that the big picture of the whole, the whole of scripture from Genesis to Revelation. And, and also I thought about that a lot when I was preparing for this message, because it is, it is our hope from, from the very beginning of the biblical story until the end. Um, What, what's interesting, Camille, is that uh, the, the Proverbs 4.18 scripture about the, the path of the righteous is like the light that dawns, growing brighter and brighter. Um, the, the unrighteous think their, their light, their, their path is pretty bright. Mm -hmm. And then it seems the closer you grow to the Lord, you realize your path is, is, was dim. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how much more you need the light of Christ in it. And, and that same thing does apply with groanings. Um, and what Randy said about, you know, my groanings. Hopefully, in, in years ago, they were, they were grumblings. 
because I didn't know really what they were about. And I thought I deserved better, or I just thought that I'd, I'd planned this better. Um, but this, this past year, <clears throat> I'm just amazed at how often I hear the word death mm. or dying. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's really in front of everybody. And, and I'm thinking, well, Lord, <clears throat> with death and dying in front of everybody's conscious awareness, don't you, Lord, why aren't people seeking you out? Why? Mm -hmm. And, and then, and then that's balanced against this whole idea of, um, of confusion. <laughs> and, uh, and then you look at past sins of, of our nation in terms of uh, prejudice and favoritism and partiality. And then you're balancing that against just calling good evil and evil good. And so you realize that there's a lot of confusion that leads to more groaning. Mm -hmm. um, and then to realize that all creation has been groaning. Mm -hmm. That's a and I guess the comforting part is that the, the spirit of Christ, he is so kind and gentle that he, he groans with us. Yes, he does. Because he can't wait. It's like when you have this great present for somebody, and you, you can't wait till they open it. Yep. He, he's kind of like that. Maybe he's, he's got this great gift of redemption and fulfillment and restoration and renewal to give us. And yet he's waiting just like we are. Mm -hmm. he's waiting for that day to come when everything gets lined up mm -hmm. and I watched this documentary once um, called The Riot and the Dance strange title but it was, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a documentary about nature and of course the dance is the fun part it's the, it's the beauty it's the elegance it's how uh, you know the different ways that animals will, will find a mate and attract a mate and all the beauty of that and how they give birth and love it. But then the riot part is when they go off and kill each other and eat each other. <laughs> I mean, it, and it's stark when you look at it. I mean, here's a, here's a little sheep and a crocodile and there's no dance. No, it's a riot. It's, it's like, mm -hmm. and he, he goes on to talk about that. That, that that is creation groaning. Mm. It's creation, the lion will lie down with the lamb. That's right. Mm. There won't be this riot anymore, even in even in the book of nature. I don't know. I, it's it's good to it's good to be able to pinpoint groanings and to give them to God. Mm -hmm. you know, Julie, Julie reminds me, cast all your cares upon the Lord because he careth for you. Mm -hmm. um, Anybody else? I think one of the things that, Camille, you highlighted that the enemy of our souls is after is our hope. Mm -hmm. And in that um, Romans verse, when it says, um, for the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage. And of course, that liberation comes through Jesus. And in each one of our groanings, um, the answer is the same. The, the liberation <laughs> comes from the groanings through Jesus. He is our hope. And so if our hope is destroyed, then we are um, 
we are we are bound we are gagged we are um uh, immobilized mm -hmm. and and the lord wants to break us free from that and i was i was thinking about earlier um this morning a couple of scriptures in jeremiah when jeremiah said ah sovereign lord You've made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Mm -hmm. And then the Lord later responds and says, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind or the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? Mm -hmm. and, and then back in Romans, um, when it says, no, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. So. If the enemy can get us so distraught and, and, and the, the groanings just paralyze us, mm -hmm. then we never get to that place that Penny had spoken of earlier when it all comes down. We don't know the answer to this and that, but God is good. Mm -hmm. God is faithful. And, and he is the God of all hope. But the enemy, at least I know with me, you know, when, when you talked about, um, who shall separate us from the love of Christ and, and making the list of the who's or the what's that separate us. They want to separate us because if we are people of hope and we live as if we have hope and we love as if we have hope, then the world really does see um, a difference. And, and there are many people that are hopeless. I just keep coming back to that. Many people are hopeless and I don't, when when my groanings consume me, then I fall into that category and I have to come back to the reality of I don't fall in that category because I do know the living hope. And when I struggle through the groanings, the bottom line is I get hold of that living hope again. Mm -hmm. That's really good. And you know, there's a, I think we see in scripture too, that it's not all about groaning. We can get to that place where we feel like there's a release. The Lord has taken it. We've given it to him. The Lord has it, you know? So um, I, I, I wanted to, if, if no one else has anything to, to share, I thought I would just pray to seal this. And I wanted to, Bill, could I still play a, a little portion of that song that I've sent to you? Sure. I think I can just play it off of my screen. For some reason, the tech, uh, I, uh, um, or have you got it? You've already got it lined up. I do. I do. Okay. Neil, just one more thing I was going to say that um, you say, you know, when you had that release, you know, you have all that groaning and then suddenly you get that release. You know that because that's when you get that peace that passes understanding. Yep. You don't understand, how could I possibly be at peace? My situation has not changed. I still right. hurt, there's still so much pain, but you get that peace that passes understanding. I know what that means now. Yep, that's right. I know what that means. Yeah, that's so good. So Bill, uh, so I had, let me just, I just wanted to pray for us. And then also I had one other song to, to finish with. This is a song that it just talks about the covenant we have with the Lord and our faith being anchored in Jesus. Um, Bill, I, it has it has the words on that video, I think. Um, it does. And um, uh, I thought maybe just the first six minutes or so, because it's a bit long. But I like that part about my uh, I'm anchored in Jesus. So. So, Lord, we just want to thank you that you are our hope. 
You are our living hope, our everlasting hope. Lord, that in you, Lord, we can stay above the circumstances, but still engaged in the kingdom work. Oh, Lord, would you help us to walk with you like that? And would you help us, Lord? I know, we thank you that you hear our groanings. You hear our prayers. You're actively involved in our lives. And you are a God of action, Lord. You are moving on behalf of our prayers. We thank you, Jesus, that there's nothing that can separate us from you. Lord, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.
I just love that part about, I put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the ground. What a great picture. You know, we might be flying at 35,000 feet, but we got an anchor, Jesus, got it, it goes all the way back, all the way down to the ground and he's holding us tight. I just love that picture. Over to you, Bill. Thank you. Thank you for hosting. Thank you, Camille. Um, Y'all be in prayer this week um, for the, uh, the events on, on Wednesday in Washington um, and all of the different comments you've heard about all the state capitals and the 20,000 National Guard that will be out uh, on the ground with boots on the ground in Washington and all the things that the media is enjoying and talking about and uh, publicizing. Uh, all the shaming and blaming and the guilt casting and uh, those sorts of things that the and just remember that the whole creation is groaning it's ready for righteousness to be revealed the creation is ready for for god's law to be to be lived and loved and 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 learned throughout the world um, the effects of sin have caused everything to be broken and they, they can only be healed through Jesus Christ. Um, every relationship you know, every uh, situation in, in your families and with business contacts and education, it's a, it's a great time to pray. <laughs> so be in prayer this week. Um, if you hear somebody wailing, it just might be you. <laughs> <laughs> Any, any other comments anybody has before we uh, have a final prayer? I'd like to hear how Jan is doing in her family. Jan, let us see you again. How's it going? <clears throat> Unmute. There you go. We are good. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, there's many things going, not only this nation, um, yeah, all the world. Yeah, the virus and it's complicated. Mm. Yeah. Is your but family in China okay? 
Um, yeah, they are okay. Um, just my mom, um, she was sick, um, not, not because of virus, but her has some problem with her ear. And from last month, actually already two months, um, she went to hospital a couple of times. And last week she um, has to go to hospital twice. Um, she just feel spinning um, and lost balance, um, but she, she's get better. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for the update, Jan. Thanks, Jan. Thank you. Well, Rebecca, I hope you enjoy your anniversary. Six years, it's a good start. Seems like it was three days ago. I know. With the time. I know. Yeah. Um... I was telling Jonathan yesterday because we we went out for for lunch or dinner or something, and I said like, "This is our tomorrow's our anniversary." And imagine like years from now when we can say like twenty or thirty or forty, and just just what a blessing it's been so far, and what we have to get yet to come. I'm into that. It's good. It was six years ago, not five years ago. Five years ago today, it was snowing. <laughs> well, it was it was it was hailing and snowing and raining actually all on the same day, so we we could have gotten all all of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations to both of you. Thank you, Carla. I hope you get out of prison this week. Thank you. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Peanut butter and jelly for that, Carla. I'm sorry. That's it. <laughs> Richard, is your leg okay? Uh, I'm not real happy with, with it right now. It's, um, I've got a little, I mean, it's not really bad, but I, I still have a little bit of pain and it seems to have gotten a little bit worse in the same area. I was having trouble with it before. So I, I had a follow-up with a doctor a couple of days ago and he said, just, you know, give it some time, but I don't know, I'm, I'm a little suspect that um, maybe maybe something still needs some work, but we'll see. But I mean, I'm, I'm certainly it's a lot better. It's it's you know much much better. I I can get around and uh, so just need need continue strengthening in both knees actually. So, but thanks for asking. Okay. And Phoebe, we're, we'll take you up on coffee sometime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean to scare you away. I put the wrong button. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that'll be nice. Yeah, thank you for uh, the introducing me to the gas war. Um, because I have a kid, so uh, it's so pressure that uh, in this kind of a chaos, uh, I feel. I can bring my children to live in such kind of a world is much better. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a it's a, it's a pressure. It's a, like a treasure to me. Wow. Yeah, I like that. Wow. 
Wow. Well, God bless your children. Thank you so much. And, and Phoebe, you and your family are treasures to us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, yeah. you are. Ever since that time we rode it to the mountains and back in the car, you've been very special to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one Thank day, you. one day we'll meet face to face again. Yeah, I'm, I'm so. sure. Yeah. Yeah, and thank you for Cam Camille's uh, 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 the, the, the words today. It, uh, you know, moved, uh, uh, gave me a lot of power to go on. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's, wow. it's really strong. <laughs> Amen. Amen, I agree. Thank you. Yeah, it's a great word, Camille. Thank you. Clary, you want to show us something, Clara? I wanted to tell Miss Galena, thank you for the oh. chocolate. Wow. Thanks. From Russia. Oh, wow. Precious. Wow. That's awesome. Did you like it? So, is this, Galena, is this a, like a, a statue in Russia? If you, uh, yes, it's in St. Petersburg. It's very famous places. Oh. They make like chocolate of these places. Oh. It's a bridge. It's some bridge in the St. Petersburg, middle of, of the city. Oh. Another picture is very famous too. Yeah. yeah. I can send you real pictures if you okay. want. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And after this, Clara, you can eat. <laughs> <laughs> and Galena, you can paint that picture. <laughs> Great to see you all, but I have to eat now. <laughs> Sounds familiar. Well, let me let me mention one thing to you guys, and that's to pray for Henry this week. It's his midterm midterm exams, and so if you just pray that he'd be able to uh, focus and stay focused as he's preparing for each of those exams. Uh, and be able to recall everything that he studies when he's actually uh, taking taking the exams. Everything from his geometry to his biology to his major composition writing to, to do uh, to his omnibus. Uh, got all that to, to prepare for. I can see he's so excited about it too. It's, <laughs> well, he's popped we, up. We, we were trying to get him to say, Henry, you go on mic and, and ask. And he goes, no, no, you go on. <laughs> you can Henry, do it, Henry. Henry just deploy yourself. Henry, when I used to live with your parents, when I used to live with your parents, Henry, and they had exams, they would always eat tuna fish before they took their exams because they said it made their brains sharper. <laughs> One time I hid the tuna fish and your mom was running all around trying to find it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> So maybe you should try some tuna out. fish, Henry. <laughs> Good old tuna fish. Yeah. That's all right. Got to get those tomatoes in there. Thanks for the tuna tip. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it always has to be. Curly the tuna. Curly the Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Bye. Love you all. God bless you guys. Bye, Carla. Bye. Love you. Bye. Have a good day. Bye, Carla. Bye, Richard. Bye, bye. 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 Bye, 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 Bye,
Bye. Bye, Bex. Love you. <laughs>